0: I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. If you do ministry at an abortion center on any kind of a regular basis, you're going to encounter angry people from time to time. There are some helpful and productive ways to deal with those kinds of people, so join us as we talk about it. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. As always, we appreciate you guys joining us, and we hope that these episodes are a blessing to you. We're trying to do over the past several weeks some more in-depth training and equipping, speaking out of our experiences and going along the lines of our training that we have available for folks. If you want to take advantage of that training, we still do that once a month, first Saturday of every month from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., we may be changing that in the future, but for now, that's that's in place. If you want to get involved in that, maybe you're in a city where we have a missionary. Hopefully, your missionary has already sent us um, your information and connected us with you to get trained. But if you're in a city where Love Life is and you don't yet know what we're talking about or you have not yet taken advantage of our training, we certainly would encourage you to do that. You could reach out to me if you wanted to, lovelife.org. I'll send you the appropriate application or again, if you're in a city where there's a love life missionary, just reach out to them. If you're in a city where there's not yet a love life presence, we still do make our training available. That wouldn't mean that you're under love life or anything like that. But we just think that we have some wisdom that we can impart to folks that are on the sidewalk or folks that are just getting involved in ministry on the sidewalks. And uh, so we would, as long as you check a few boxes for us and fit in the the criteria of people we're looking for, which basically believers in Jesus who uh, want to serve the Lord in that capacity and are under the leadership of a local church, then we'll, uh, we'll invite you, send you an invitation after you fill out the application to that training. So I just wanted to mention that and what we're doing in these past couple of episodes have been along the lines of that, the framework of that training, taking the slides that we present in that training. And if you've been a part of that training, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have not, we basically have a, a, a keynote or PowerPoint presentation that we go through and just touch on some of these things. We have probably a few minutes per slide, really, because mm-hmm. we can't just go on forever. Um, and so we we get into some, you know basic stuff and some some pretty in-depth stuff. but this is us kind of really taking a deeper dive into each one of those slides. And this is a little out of order than what we normally do, but this subject came up with some of our missionaries in uh, in some of our various cities. They're yeah. dealing with angry people, mm-hmm. and uh, really so we're going to talk. Angry <laughs> yeah, yeah, some some pretty angry people. So yeah. we're going to talk about how we, as ministers of the gospel, people that love truth and want to stand for truth, mm-hmm. but people who also want to obey what the Scripture says that we should be gentle and meek, mm-hmm. humble, and all of that. Um, so we're going to talk about how we deal with people when they're angry. How we do that biblically? Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump into it, Vicky. Yeah, what what kind of people are we talking about? I mean, this is like a, a no brainer for you guys that are listening. Of course, you're you're thinking, well, it's the people going into the abortion center that are yeah. angry. But yeah, is it always the moms that are going into the abortion center that we're dealing with who are angry at us for being there?
1: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. but not always. In fact, I would say more frequently it's the driver, a boyfriend. A friend um, who is trying to defend the mom is often already in when the people who came, brought her or whatever, come over and are angry on her behalf. Yeah. Um, oftentimes it's the so-called pro-choice people out there. Yeah. That are angry. Sometimes it's even passerbys. We've dealt. We dealt today with a man who was driving past, didn't like what we were doing, and wanted to express his anger at what we were doing. So it can be anyone. This is this is a high tension situation. Yeah. And people have strong opinions about abortion and the so-called pro-choice um, movement. So they can be easily um, ignited, uh, you know, emotions, feelings can be easily ignited yeah. o- over the subject. So basically it can be anyone, but um, but particularly the people that are involved in the actual abortion, the mother or the friends who have yeah. brought her. Those are probably the most frequent.
0: Yeah. And I think probably in my experience, I would say, I, I definitely agree with you. It's, it's very seldom in my experience that it is the mother going into for the abortion. Right. Because she's she's dead set on the abortion. She's going to go in and uh, typically not even respond. Yeah. If, if you know, either she's going to respond positively or typically she's going to just go into the abortion center. Right. Now, there are right. times, of course, I think being out there as many years as, as we have, that I have seen angry mothers. But oftentimes it's either the father mm-hmm. of the baby mm-hmm. or it's a friend mm-hmm. or a family member, something like that, um, yeah. like what you mentioned.
1: And I do want to say that when it is the pro choice, the so called pro choice people, we have seen, you pointed this out, and I think it is so true. It is most evident following some sort of political or social event that they didn't like. Um, at, I know when Trump was elected, there was a lot yeah. of anger, and the anger escalated. So, or when there's a shooting. That they feel is unjust, um, certainly a police shooting. Then um, we we do see them take it out on us, even though we have nothing to do with it, with those events. Yeah, really, absolutely. but um, but but it's you know it helps to be aware of the news in a sense because you will come knowing well there's probably going to be some heightened tension out yeah. here because of yeah. these events.
0: Yeah, and I think it's uh, even though we might want to kind of push people's buttons, we do have to be careful, you know, like with the BLM stuff, the black lives matter stuff and police shootings. Like I think there is, you know, the Bible says, I think I've quoted this scripture a lot. The Bible says that if we bless our brother early in the morning, loudly, it will be perceived as a curse. So is there a time and an appropriate time to point out some of the, uh, I mean, the targeting of Planned Parenthood against black people? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if black lives truly do matter, why would we support Planned Parenthood? Yeah, I think absolutely we need to point that out. Yeah, But right after there was a police shooting that many people's perception is that was unjust or whatever, whether or not it was unjust, um, that, that can be talked about in some other setting. But out in front of the abortion center and calling out to black women going into the abortion center about, you know, if you care about George Floyd, then, you know. You should care about the babies that are dying, or your baby. Right, That's like right. y- you're you're poking a bear unnecessarily. Yeah, right.
1: Re- even what you wear. Um, and this did come up once. Um, where th- things that you would never think about. Um, uh, someone wearing a shirt that said uh, "babies' lives matter," and yeah. that seems like well, of course, babies' lives matter. Why would that anger anyone? But it set off a lot of people that became very angry about that because they felt it was a slam and a misunderstanding of the depth of their anger um over other issues yeah and and so we I think in general we really wanna avoid those sorts of things just stay away from them our mission is not to change the culture while we're out there regarding all these other issues yeah our ministry is to hopefully save that unborn child. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Now, of course, there's a there's a context for all of that and there's necessary yeah. conversations that need yeah. to be had over all of that. Yeah. And as far as changing the culture is concerned, we certainly do want to change the culture of death to a culture of life, right. but on the sidewalk in front of the abortion center, we're dealing with individual women, individual people going in. Yeah. That we want to have a one-on-one conversation with. I think we've said it and made it very clear yeah. and are calling out um, training session or, or episode that we did getting a little more in depth of that, that the goal of calling out is not just delivering information. It's certainly not just to be provocative and provoke people to anger. It's okay. to provoke them to thought so yes. that they would actually come and talk with us. Yes. Now, I think that leads to to one of the first points and, and maybe principles. And I could be jumping ahead of, of us just a little bit and kind of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the, the principle of setting the tone with your tone. Yeah. Right. So when you're calling out to people going into the abortion center and you're calling out in some angry or accusatory tone, and mm-hmm. we all know what that sounds like. Yep. Right. We've all mm-hmm. we've all <laughs> had our mom when we were a kid call out to us. Did you clean your room? And it's mm-hmm. accusatory. It's not a question. It's accusatory. Right. right? <laughs> or right. whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know, the yeah. tone um, uh, that provokes you to anger or offense or just being aggravated, right? And so, yeah. being careful not to come across with that tone. Now, we can get into. I'm not trying to be uh, nitpicky. I'm not trying trying to be, you know, personally like mamsy pamsy. Like we, we need to be bold. We need to speak with boldness. We need to speak with confidence. I think that's an important or important aspect of our tone. Right. That it's a confident tone. Yeah. But our goal is to get them to come over and talk with us. And so we have to think what would lend itself. What kind of tone. -hmm. What words would lend itself, lend themselves, to someone actually stopping and coming over and talking with us, rather than stopping and coming over and trying to to beat us us. up? Exactly.
1: So, so yeah, not not being accusatory and being inviting and gentle and kind. And the Bible certainly talks about that. Our tone we are to speak truth, yeah, but you can speak truth in 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 a manner of love and compassion. And um, one of the things that I have certainly discovered and I'm still not as good at it as I wish I were but when I ask questions as opposed to lecture yeah and I know I'm not really there lecturing and I'm not saying our counselors are lecturing right I'm saying that that's how it's perceived sure sometimes if we're just listing off a whole bunch of truth and they someone can feel like it's a lecture and that's usually not as well received Right. In in my experience, as when we ask a lot of questions, yeah. asking questions helps them to draw their own conclusion. And if you ask the right questions based on truth, based on biblical truth, they're going to hopefully come to the conclusion that is the biblical right yeah. conclusion. Yeah. That's certainly how you want to tailor your questions. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the questions that you ask a lot for women going into the abortion center in kind of the calling out scenario, mm-hmm. but also in the one-on-one, right. is what would God have you do? Yeah, what are you what are you communicating in that? Where you're communicating? I mean, it's a given, of course. What would God have you do? He would have you to to keep your baby, to protect your baby. Yeah, but you're not accusing them necessarily, right? You're you're putting it on them. What would God have you to do? You're putting you're planting that seed of like they need to stew on this and think on this, rather than saying God would never have you kill your baby. You're saying what would God have you do? Right now, I'm more inclined to say. God would never want you to go in there and take the life of your baby. That's what I'm more inclined to say. Yeah. Um, but I do like that yeah. asking question, yeah. even the calling out or in, in the one-on-one.
1: I think it is harder to, to ask the questions because I, I also sometimes do say that God would never have any mother take the life of her child. I know yeah. I say that frequently, but I am more aware that if I if I phrase that instead as a question, it is less likely to ignite anger and defensiveness because yeah. it 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 feels to them. I'm not accusing in a sense. Actually, probably sometimes I am, but um, it feels like an accusation. Yeah. And and whenever we accuse, that's going they're going to be defensive. Yeah. We Absolutely. all are. We all are when yeah. we're when we're accused or think we're accused of something. Yeah. So. Uh, in, in addition to the asking questions is in your responses, because they're going to answer, um, and don't dismiss those responses. Yeah. Expressing concern, compassion, you talk a lot about in our slideshow and our, our training to show compassion. Yeah. Um, and not fake compassion. True compassion. Right, truly yeah. try Yeah. to understand from their perspective.
0: Yeah. I know I do want to say just as we're touching on these things um, that it doesn't matter. And there's some scenarios and it doesn't matter how nice, how kind your tone is. It doesn't. I mean, I've seen people come over to to grandmas that are just there praying on the sidewalk, not saying anything, but praying on the sidewalk. Be confronted by some angry person. Your presence out there. I think this is an understanding we have to have. Is your presence just standing there like those women going in, many of them feel the conviction. Mm -hmm. They feel the guilt. Mm -hmm. And that conviction, that guilt, um, obviously, is about their accountability before God. They know that they're accountable to God. They're angry with God. They're angry with themselves. Right. And your presence there is a representation of the one with whom they're angry, of God. Right. Like they know why you're there. They know that you know why that they're there. Right. They're there to kill their child. Yeah. And so, just your presence being there brings guilt, and sometimes guilt provokes this reaction of anger, yeah. right rather than repentance. Some people just yeah. get angry, yeah, and again, they blame God, they blame whoever else, try to play the blame game, so I do want to say that as much of these principles as you apply, there's just some principles. Yeah. But it doesn't always mean that you're going to be able to defuse every situation. But I do think, again, that there are some principles mm-hmm. and an understanding that we need to have that's a good foundation and that is helpful for diffusing angry people at the abortion center.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, because we don't want um, anyone who has encountered an angry person that went south to feel like it was their fault. It's not. It's the angry person's fault. Yeah. Um, nine times out of ten. But, uh but yeah, these are these are things that might help them yeah. from uh, you know uh, once they're they've lost it once they're filled with anger, it's sometimes really hard. Then it's then we switch into now what do we do to protect right. ourselves? Yeah, so a lot of these things are. How can we prevent it from escalating in the first place? Right. Yeah. What are some of the things that we can do that will prevent it from becoming to an on fire level where now yeah. you got to call in the fire engine?
0: Yeah. You know? And I think that is these these first couple of things that we touched on. Right. Is that our tone can set the tone, mm-hmm. and then expressing concern or asking questions first rather right. than just bringing accusatory statements. Right. And then if there is an exchange there and it's it's getting heated. Expressing concern, identifying, relating to that person. Yeah. You know, it might be something too, I'll just kind of a scenario I've seen play out and I'm sure I'm sure you have too. Let's say a mother is walking into the abortion center to take the life of her child and, and her mother, the grandmother of the child that's gonna die, comes marching over and she's angry and she's saying, Don't you know my daughter has been through this and been through that and all this right, other stuff. Right. As the mother of a daughter, likely in that age, your daughter is twenty some years old, right? Right, yeah. Um, you can identify with her and say, you know, yeah. I have a daughter that's that's, you know just like your daughter, and she has yeah. struggles, and I want to protect her, and I appreciate the fact that you want to protect your daughter. And that, that, to me, is a good response because you're identifying. And as yeah. a father, I could, yeah. I have a 23-year-old daughter. I could identify um, with a man who's angry at me for addressing his daughter, pleading with her not to take the life of her baby. I can say, man, I appreciate your zeal to protect your daughter, man. Yeah. I'm not here yeah. to be uh, your enemy, I'm here to offer help
1: Well also what you're doing you are empathizing but I think what you're doing another principle we talk about later on is, is you're bringing in some these are people that are beaten down or they wouldn't be there they yeah. you know they 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 and they feel terrible i I know they do whether yeah. they admit it or not and what you've done is you've pointed out a positive and that's sometimes really hard to think of or to find um when you're watching someone go in and murder their child. Yeah. But you did in that example. That's a beautiful, perfect example because that is often what happens. Someone is protecting their friend, their girlfriend, their child, and the, and not only is that a, a positive quality, but you can use that to promote your. Case for yeah. that unborn baby. You can say, "I love how you're protecting your your child," and I I just pray that you would feel that same desire to protect your grandchild because it's an admirable quality. Yeah. So that you can even further that um you know your your agenda, which is really to, to save that child. But yeah, being being empathetic is is really critical, and um, something that I read uh, when we briefly googled how do you diffuse a situation make sure they feel heard yeah offer reflective comments so reflect back what they've just said um i know you're angry cuz you wish that we wouldn't point out that um that abortion is taking an an innocent child's life Yeah. so don't even don't even need to say the but that yeah. would follow that just reflect that that they have been heard that alone sometimes diffuses anger because so many people... I know my anger erupts the most when I've expressed a concern and I feel like it's just been blown off. No one's listening and no one understands. So then another thing in that same article I read was wait until the person has released their frustration and explained how they're feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes... To me, in my experience, I don't know if it's the way the Lord has wired me or he's just, I think he's just giving me grace in these situations. But when someone comes out and they're just raving mad at me, one of the things I've learned to do is just don't say anything. Yeah, just Just listen. Just don't respond. Look at them as best I can, convey on my face a look of compassion and empathy, Yeah, you know, connecting with them on that level, and just let them pour it out on me. Yeah. Not because I deserve that or anything like that. But in reality, I find my value, and I think this is an important point, don't take it personal, because I find my value in what God says in his word. Mm-hmm. And what someone says about me that I don't even know, yeah. And they're because oftentimes it is, you're this, you're that, you're judging people, right. you, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, well, I could defend myself and say, no, I'm not judging people. Actually, mm-hmm. the Bible says, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. I can do that. I can go back and forth with them and all of that stuff. Right. But in reality... I find my value in what God says about me, not what they're saying about me. So I don't need to take it personal because that's really when the situation gets even more escalated is when we start to respond, when someone comes at us in anger and we start to take it personal and get defensive and then we respond back in anger. This is like, you know, fighting fire with fire. What happens? The whole thing goes up in flames. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the Bible gives us a a very, uh, I think, a principle that everybody should have, mm-hmm. which is a soft answer, turns away wrath. Right. Yeah. And that's a that's a biblical principle. I think every secular philosopher or or psychologist or whatever in the universe would recognize this biblical principle is a truth that we all need to apply. That's right. A soft answer yeah. turns away wrath. When yeah. someone is angry at you, answering softly, and then even sometimes keeping your mouth shut. Right is a good way to to defuse them. Just let them vent their stuff and yeah. don't don't poke the bear even more. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that that is probably the very single most effective thing yeah. that we can do. And, and we talk about in our training that uh, literally put your hands up yeah. as though in um, surrender. St- take a step back. Taking yeah. a step back. They're coming at you. Taking a step back. Is a, um, a a step of humility, yeah, and um, um, not of cowardice, but of um, a peacemaker. Yeah, I think so. Take a step back, hands up, and surrender, and say, "I'm not your enemy. Uh, we're only here to help." I'm so sorry that it it has so upset you. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, there it,
0: is a sense in which. In these situations, like I'm, I'm not trying to defend myself, but I'm trying to make explanation when they're angry at me and they're coming at me where I'll say something like, listen, we're just here to offer help. Right. I'm sorry that what I said offended you, yeah. but I'm not trying to offend you. Right. I'm just yeah. trying to share with you the help and the resources. Yeah. And I will kind of and maybe maybe rebuke me if you <laughs> think I'm wrong in this, but I will kind of within our three talking points, what God says, the humanity, the baby and the resources. Uh huh. I'll kind of go right to the resource thing and I'll really hyper focus on that Yeah, because what it does show is that we're here to help. We're not just here to state facts. We're not just here to you know talk about God and talk about your baby. We're here to help you. And I think it does help diffuse sometimes because the way that they're able to fuel their anger and justify their anger against us is to say that all you're doing is, you know, judging people. All right. you're doing is saying things that are concerning the baby. Right. But when I'm talking about resources yeah. that I'm, I'm really showing them, no, that's not all we're here to do. We're that's actually right. here also to offer help. Yeah. And so it helps them and, and can even make them feel a little guilty because they've got these false notions of who we are. They've got these mm-hmm. notions in their mind that we're, that we're angry. And so they need to combat our, our anger and our rage against them with their anger and rage. And yeah. so they've come at us, come at yeah. us with that because that's what they heard from the abortion clinic. Right. I mean, I've had people that have come over angry after they had an exchange with the pro abortion people, you know, the, the clinic escorts, air quote right. people yes. and the pro abortion people, yes. they'll have an exchange with them and they'll come at me angry because those people like fueled some kind of, or spark some kind of fire or fueled some kind of fire, um, that was there in these people's hearts already and really spurred them on to angry, uh, ex- an angry, angry exchange with me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's hard to diffuse, but then coming back and saying, actually, what they said about me is not true.
1: Yeah. And not, here's how I can help. Yeah, that's, here's how we can oh, help. Oh, I think that's so much better. That is, I think when they're storming at you, it is not the point to probably, in most cases, start quoting scripture. Yeah. As <laughs> great as scripture is, I, I think um, when someone is ready to pound you, letting them know I'm what the help is, which, and then another point is to say, Look, we want to help you, but we we don't know what your the issues are. Tell us, yeah, tell us what's going on, let us so asking them the obstacles yeah and and finding time to do that earlier rather than later, yeah, so that they again it shows compassion um but uh it helps them it it helps them to see us in light of what we really are. we're there offering help, we have tangible resources, yeah, we're not just judging now, I don't believe we're jud yeah i believe judging is is biblical but yeah. um if it's going to just fuel their anger i'm not going to probably want to be talking about that i yeah. think i think your strategy is absolutely spot on that's what yeah. uh, that's what i think you should do yeah i
0: mean one of the things we can put our, ourselves in a position of doing we've got an angry irrational person yeah is try to ration with an irrational person. Right.
1: Try to ration try to be rational with an irrational person yeah. is not is not gonna it's work. It's
0: typically not gonna work. Yeah. So there's like things that need to be said. Sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut again. Right. But sometimes you need to say things that can help just in their minds show them that you, you care about them. Yeah. That you want to identify with them. Yeah. Because it's really hard to be angry at a person that you know cares about you. Right. Right.
1: Something that I would say no sidewalk counselor should ever do, and I feel very strongly about this. You can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but um, but do it gently. Um, is we should never uh, call names, never oh, yeah. resort to name calling. I right. just think, and I, I have heard it. I do hear it. I mean, I've done the, it.
0: I've, yeah. I've, I've done it like yeah. with an angry father. Yeah, and respond to him right. and call him a coward.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and and, it's and not I understand. Going so well. That some of this name-calling, it's true. I mean, it's, it's things that are true. Yeah. And that's what I'll hear people th- that do that often as a matter of course. And you do not do that as a matter of course. Um, I've heard you. But um, but if if there are people that are doing that as a matter of course, I think they really have to examine their own level of anger. Because yeah. name-calling is not out of respect or gentleness or compassion. Yeah. And it, I don't think it ever leads to, um, promoting peace or, um, a good conversation. Yeah, I think right away hackles are up. I am. If someone calls me names, the last thing I want to do is try and talk reasonably with them. Yeah, I want to lash out. So I just think that that is something that everyone, all of us, are guilty of it at at yeah. one point or another. And I think we need to really examine our motives yeah. when when that comes out of our mouth. And I've I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, um, because I I was thinking, okay, Jesus did call some people names
0: yeah he did
1: whitewashed tomb or was mm-hmm. that paul no that was jesus that was jesus okay a white, white that's pretty nasty you're pretty a nasty. whitewashed tomb yeah i don't think that you could look a at
0: brood of snakes a brood of, like yeah, snakes, brood of
1: vipers right yep yeah. yep so he did i think it was rare i don't think that you could characterize jesus as name calling no but it wasn't absent and yeah. so that's why I think about it, because I th- I think that there are cases where something is descriptive that that maybe would stop someone in their tracks. But I it's surely not the time to do it is when yeah. someone's about to, you know, plunge a knife in your chest. <laughs>
0: yeah. And in the scenario, I think, as you read the scripture, when Jesus calls the Pharisees whitewashed tombs or, or snakes, right. children is not yeah. one of these scenarios where you've got an angry person in your face. Right. this right. is this is right. him really not for the sake of the Pharisees I mean for in one sense for their sake that he's pointing out their hypocrisy to them but I think more so it's he's pointing out their hypocrisy to the crowd right yeah. that these people are whitewashed yeah. tombs yeah that they're telling you to do things that they themselves don't do yeah they're hypocrites, all these other things and he really wasn't the the, the spirit of it, the motivation of it obviously was pure because we're talking about Jesus right. Right, And so the motivation was not one of selfishness and self-validation, because oftentimes that's what can happen. When we respond to an angry person in an angry way with some kind of accusation or name-calling, typically it flows out of a place of self-validation. They just called you something, and so you want to call them something back. And so that something might actually be a sanctified something. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, fool. Right. You call them a fool when the Bible says clearly that in Proverbs, all through Proverbs, um, the Bible calls certain people fools. Well, we might sanctify it. And listen, I I speak from experience because I've done this myself. Yeah. Well, I call someone a fool and I can justify it because biblically the Bible says that people are fools that despise God, that despise wisdom and understanding. And I'm trying to give wisdom and understanding. So they're fools. Right. But if I examine my heart. Yeah. The reality is I'm calling them a fool because they just called me something. Yeah, they called me a, a white supremacist or they called me <laughs> exactly. a you know, bigot or right. you know, whatever they you know, right. s- names I can't say on this right. podcast because no. <laughs> I wouldn't say on this podcast. Um, and so, yeah, we have to examine our hearts, examine our motive. And oh, at the end of the day, what is our desire when we're speaking out in front of the abortion center? I think above everything, like we said often, it's to glorify the Lord I, right. is to glorify Jesus. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So as you were talking, I, I was thinking, OK, that wasn't an angry situation when he was talking to the Pharisees. But I and so I was thinking, OK, when did Jesus uh, meet angry mobs? Because he did yeah. lots of times. Absolutely. L- look at when the, the whole crowd of the people ready to stone. The yeah. woman caught in adultery, and how did Jesus respond? He asked questions. Yeah. He said, "Which of you is without sin? Cast the first stone." Yeah. And that was a question again, not accusing. He's he's just he's asking a legitimate question that made them all stop and think. Yeah. Or when he's led by from the angry mob that comes to get him to take yeah. him to the crucifixion, how did he respond? Silence. Yeah. He was he was like a lamb led to the slaughter and said not a word yeah, yeah. so I think those are I mean those are both kind of extreme situations right. and they're they're not necessarily like what we face at, at an abortion center but I think it does show um how we can respond in a godlike way to um to anger to hopefully diffuse of course as the he was being led to the crucifixion. It hardly diffused the situation, um, but it, in the case of the adulterous woman, it, it definitely did. They all left, and no one stoned her, and that um, that mob was subdued. Yeah, by by
0: a question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a one, one point. I'm actually trying to look for the scripture here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can dig for it. this is your this is your Bible challenge. Okay, but I promise you, it's in the scripture. There's at one point where there was an angry mob that came after Jesus. Uh-huh. This was before the crucifixion. This was yeah. in the midst of his teaching and, and all of this. Right. And I think it was
1: it after he the he made the pigs um, the demons run into the pigs and the pigs um, the people the st- came to stone him him because mm-hmm. they were so mad.
0: Yeah. Well, in that situation, they told him to leave. They weren't coming to stone him. They, okay. were, they were offended at his his action. There's a lot of reasons why. Okay. Possibly. Um so I'm not talking about that story, okay. but there's another story in which uh, and again, don't quote me on this. This is you guys Bible trivia. I'm trying to look it up on my computer, but um I, I can't I can't find exactly the scripture that but I'm talking about, but I promise it's there. Okay. They came to make Jesus the king. Oh, right. And then he kind of kind of not he kind of turns it around. Yeah. And uh and then they ultimately they they want to kill him. Right So yeah. the Bible says he actually slips out yeah. from their midst, yeah so he doesn't he doesn't stand up on a rock and start just preaching at them and telling them how wicked and reprobated they are and all of this. He just he just slips he just kind of melts away yeah. and yeah. it seems like Jesus and I think he gives us this principle as well in in our day and age, but also dealt with it in his day and age. It seems like when people are resistant to the truth, he'll sting them with some truth, mm-hmm. a little bit more truth maybe. And then if they're content to remain in their sin and be obstinate, he'll just let them remain in their sin and be obstinate. Right. Yeah. A, we can find ourselves sometimes in, in a in a position where someone's angry with us. They're not listening to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. They're just angry and, and pouring out their anger on us. Mm-hmm. And we want to try to set them straight. We want to try to stand our ground because we don't want to be perceived as cowards or cowardly. And And really, again, it can be prideful. Yeah. It has been for me. Yeah. When in reality, like I said earlier, we just need to. Let let God deal with them. That's I mean, ultimately, right. it's God that changes the heart. Yeah. I yeah. know a scripture the Lord um, helped me with. This is some years ago as I was mm-hmm. reading through the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Proverbs is so chock full of wisdom. It is, it is. Uh, the book of wisdom. As a man, I know especially, we don't want to back away from a fight. Right. And there is a sense in which even in Christian men, there's this warrior spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the reason why I'm out there. One of the reasons why I'm out there is because... Mm-hmm. Children are dying. Right. And I should stand as a man who loves Jesus. I should stand against that evil and I could, I should stand boldly. Right. And anyone who's ever been on the sidewalk with me, if you would accuse me of not standing boldly, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you're not you're not watching mm-hmm. what's happening because I yeah. I do stand boldly. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. Yeah, but I'm there. But I'm as speaking an example, that's
1: what we need to do. Yeah. That's what I'm every not, man should right. do. I'm right. not
0: cowering down. I'm not cowering away from speaking the truth. Yeah, that abortion is murder. I'm not cowering mm-hmm. away from the gospel. I'm, I'm speaking all of that stuff. Right. And with that, along that same vein, when someone's angry with me, especially if it's another man. Yeah. I want to stand firm. I want to stand bold. I want to speak back some truth to combat the lie that he's just spoken against me. Right. But the Bible says, and this is what the Lord struck me with in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3. It says mm-hmm. it's honorable for a man to stop striving since yeah. any, any fool can start a quarrel.
1: Any fool can any start fool, a quarrel. That yeah. gives you a whole different perception right. of when you're fighting because back. as a man,
0: it? the thinking is that if I back down, then I'm gonna be perceived as a coward. Um and, and the tendency can sometimes be a little over the top mm-hmm. with that to uh when someone comes out, especially another man who's angry with me, for, for me to want to stand my ground and if he says some kind of accusation against me, you're you're this, you're that, you're not this, you're not that, whatever their their accusation, I wanna come back with that with some kind of scriptural truth to right. defend myself. Right. Um, but this scripture, Proverbs twenty, verse three, tells mm-hmm. me. And and the thinking can be, from a a man's perspective, I don't know about you, from your perspective, that if I back down, then I'm a coward myself.
1: Yeah. Or sometimes that's what goes through my mind. But also sometimes what goes through my mind is I'm I'm charged by God to speak. I've got to speak truth. And I kind of, I just want to just keep pushing what I think I'm called to do.
0: Yeah. So this scripture, in my mind, again, it's like, it'd be dishonorable for me to back away from that. It'd be dishonorable for me not to tell that guy who's angry at me, even though he's taking his girlfriend in to kill his own child, he's angry at me for judging him or something like that. It'd be dishonorable for me not to set him straight. But actually, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 3, it is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. Mm. Any fool, doesn't matter how much... (laughs) Biblical knowledge or how how little biblical knowledge you have, doesn't matter how close to Jesus you are or how far away from Jesus you are, any fool, any old fool can start a quarrel. Anybody can That's start right. a fight. Yeah. So yeah. the implication here is that anybody can start a fight, but not just anybody can really back down from a fight. It really That's takes right. an honorable person. Yeah. Regardless of what the world says, the world says you, you've got to stand for your honor and all this other stuff. Um, if you want to stand for honor, stand for honor the way God says to and and just back down yeah. in that fight. If if again we have, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. There are times mm-hmm. where I've stood and uh, when I've had somebody accusing me of whatever it might be. Again, some angry person out there, right? Where I have pushed back with some truth. Where I have yeah. gone a little bit back and forth with them. Mm-hmm. But there's been probably more times where I've said, you know, I'm not your enemy. I'm not here to argue with you. And I just yeah. leave it at that.
1: Yeah. And I think that part of the ability to do that is to trust that God knows everything that's going on. He knows that person. He sees that person. You have planted seeds and now trust. Yeah. Just trust that God is going to take it from there or someone else will. It's not over. And I think we, when we want to fight really hard, for me anyway, I feel like this is my last chance. I've got to do it now. I I feel the urgency, and sometimes I think that's just me. It's all me. I got to do it instead of let it. It's not my own battle. There's others that are going to battle for 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 if not for this child, for the soul of that person, Um, and and there's God, and just trust that that He will bring the increase. He always does. It's always His battle in the end.
0: Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that that whole dynamic of we're just planting seeds and we're right. watering seeds and God is God's the one that's got to give the increase, not yeah. us. Yeah. Like I literally can't take a plant. And pull it out of the ground and make it grow more. Right, right. right. <laughs> the same principle. I re- right. literally can't go in someone's heart. Yeah, from an angry person to a broken person. Yeah, and and change their heart. Yeah. Ultimately, it's God that does that. I've just got to plant and water seeds.
1: And there's a point at which you can overwater a seed. Um, yeah, <laughs> you that's can true. do too much yeah. to
0: a seed yeah.
1: sometimes and end up killing the seed. Yeah, and so there comes a point. Where further argument or further discussion is not productive, yeah, and that's uh, you know it takes discernment if if they're about to punch you in the nose, it's probably no longer productive, it's time to move on and and of course, the pearls before swine, yeah, comes to mind as the perfect verse, to, yeah, when that happens,
0: I think this is a a actually a major. Uh, verse that we need to focus on when we're dealing with angry people, yes. and we're yeah. when we're dealing with non receptive people. Right? And Jesus says, "Do not give what is holy to dogs." We have the truth. We have the truth of God's word of who God is, of what God says about abortion, what He says about these moms and these babies. Like right. We've got this body of truth, and we're trying to deliver that information and get them to come and talk with us and all of that. But if they're just not receptive, yeah, they become now. I always have to give this caveat. We're not talking that these women are dogs, that they don't have any value, that they're just swine, they're just pigs, and we're just name-calling. That's that's right. not what this is. right But what he's really talking about here is categories of people, and, and he's, of course, talking to Jewish people, mm-hmm. and they do think of Gentiles and people that are not Jewish as dogs and as swine. Mm-hmm. So I guess Jesus, in one sense, is relating to the Jewish people, like, these these holy things that we have, and actually, I think... He's 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 doing something that might be offensive to the to the Jewish leaders is he's actually identifying them, those who are resistant to the yeah. truth. They yeah. think the Gentiles are swine and dogs, right. but the Jews themselves who are rejecting him, the Jewish leaders, I would say specifically the Pharisees are yeah. putting themselves right in line with these Gentiles by not receiving the truth. But here's what Jesus says. He doesn't say if, if they're if they're not receiving what you're saying, then you need to call them dogs and swine.
1: Right. No, that's it's, not, his it's not, not his point. Not his point. No.
0: His point is, I think, to shut your mouth. Yeah. Like if they're not receptive, don't try. If, if the soil will not take the seed, don't try to push it down in there. Right. Just say, OK, right. the soil is too hard. It's not ready for the seed. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a bit of self-preservation in this scripture. Because, which
1: I never noticed until you pointed that out. This yeah. is good. You should read this scripture so that, that, because I bet other people have missed that end point of that scripture like yeah. I did.
0: Yeah, so we kind of have this idea, don't give what's holy to dogs, don't throw your pearls before swine, and we kind of right. we kind of leave it there. Yeah. Which the principle is, don't speak the gospel, speak the truth to people who are just completely resistant, they're right. angry with you, just don't do it. Right. But this next component Mm-hmm. or they will trample them under feet. So that's terrible for the for the pearls, right? Right. And turn to tear you to pieces. Right. So there's a little bit of a self-preservation yeah. in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. people turn and try to tear you to pieces because you've not applied this principle of not giving what's holy to dogs and giving this uh, these pearls, these awesome pearls of truth to swine, to people whose hearts are hardened, whose yeah. soil has not been tilled, uh, you know, sometimes you just, again, need to leave it in God's hands yeah. for for the sake of the pearls themselves, the truth, the precious truths of God's word, and then for your own sake so they don't come around and tear you up.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, That's a perfect verse, a great verse. Um. That Because also your time is very valuable, what you're doing out there. And if you're spending, maybe not necessarily that they're angry, but you're spending a lot of time with, with someone who just is not hearing it, then it's time sometimes to move on yeah. and to find those receptive hearts who who will hear it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When our,
1: our, our next point was um, on our list of points we were going over was, it's a little bit Controversial. We're not sure if it's good or bad. It sometimes can be both. And that's if violence has it's reached the point where okay, threats there people are making threats or there's direct violence. We train our people to pull out their phone yeah. and start videotaping. Yeah. But we know that sometimes people grab the phone, sometimes people sometimes it seems to escalate it even right. further. Yeah. And and so um I guess you do that with discernment. <laughs>
0: Yeah. One of the things that we do is we have a camera that's set up that we have hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you do need to be videotaping on on some level so that if something violent does happen, that person can be held accountable. Right. You can show that to the police. It's not just your word against theirs, but you actually have video of, of what happened. Yeah. So I think that's important. I think you always need to have a camera running. Now, we talk about cameras and having a camera running. That it's better to be hidden rather than I know I've seen some people wear like a, a, a GoPro on their can. chest. Yeah, I think if yeah. you do that, you're really minimizing the interactions that you're going to have with the women going into the abortion center because right. they're they're there to hide their sin anyway. Yeah, and they're probably going to be less likely. I would not say probably, I'd say definitely less likely to engage with you. Right. If you got a visible camera, sure. So th- that's you know kind of a little bit of a different thought train there we're yeah. talking about holding accountable people who are angry yeah but having a, a hidden camera listen if you need to and you think it's going to be helpful to diffuse the situation you could and say hey i got a camera right there so you right. need to calm down right you might could say that
1: now they may run over and smash your camera they could and that. <laughs> there is that possibility but it, it is it is really important if things do escalate and if you want to call the police uh which you should if it escalates if you don't have proof they're not going to do anything yeah they have to have proof
0: yeah, so so what we're saying is, I think it's helpful to pull out your phone and start videoing. Yeah, but also it's not like a it's not necessarily going to be a hundred percent diffuse the situation. Right. It's it could in some scenarios actually escalate it even more. Right. So yeah, I guess you have to do the best you can to use discernment. Yeah. And uh, you know yeah. if you're gonna pull out your phone maybe be sneaky about it right Don't have it. a team member it
1: it should be maybe if you've got a team out there make sure maybe that all the team knows if there is anything that looks like it's going to escalate be sure that you've got your phone at the ready and do it kind of hide your phone. Especially yeah. if you've you've had the experience of people grabbing your phone or or being angry. Some some people are some communities even are are more likely to be more angry. Yeah. Um depending on on where it is and who they are. So um so we have not really experienced that, I would say. I would say in general, what we see when we pull out a phone is de escalation. Yeah. But not every time but most times so yeah. I would probably err on pulling out my phone yeah but if if someone has had an experience where that too often leads to anger then do it do it secretly have a team member do it secretly yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so just kind of wrapping this up because mm-hmm. we're at the end of this episode right and we don't I think need to labor these points much longer yeah. um, soft answer turns away wrath yeah I think good that's one. the key to all of this it's yeah. honorable for a man to stop striving Mm-hmm. It, to back away from a fight is an honorable thing, not a dishonorable thing. Yeah. Don't throw your pearls before a swine. Right. Don't give these precious truths to people who are just resistant to them. Right. Because they're going to trample them underfoot, and they're probably going to turn around and tear you up, too. It's going to yeah. come back on you. So that's those are some awesome biblical principles. Yeah. But there's some practical principles, too. And I would yeah. say just practically, uh, if you are physically assaulted, even verbally threatened, mm-hmm then call the police. Yeah, That's an accountability piece yep. that needs to be brought into play. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 13 that the government is God's minister of justice, mm-hmm. that the government should be employed to punish evildoers. If someone physically threatens you and physically assaults you, they need to be held accountable. Right. Not just, and we have to have an attitude of forgiveness. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. These are, you know, we know, I think from experience and just practically, hurt people hurt people. So these right. people are yeah. hurt. There's some deep stuff going on. There's conviction. Yeah. There's guilt. They're feeling there's all kinds of emotions and all of that. Listen, we get it. Yeah. And we need to be understanding as far as that's concerned. We need to be forgiving as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. But if you let someone who, who is hurt, who's broken, lash out in anger, and do something physically, and you let them get away with it, don't be surprised if it's worse the next time they they lash out in anger and threaten you going in, don't be surprised if they do something physical coming back out of the abortion center. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. very important that you call the police yeah. and uh, involve the police in this situation, explain to them clearly. And again, if you have video, that's even more helpful. Yeah. Um. And and so holding them accountable, I think, with that practical tool. Is uh, is really helpful,
1: and I don't know what is legal in every area. You would have to figure that out for yourself. And I don't know how I feel about this, Daniel, um, but just uh, we don't want our missionaries, our sidewalk missionaries, to be sitting ducks. So, uh, what can you have on your person that is maybe going to yeah. protect you in the case of? Of um, a dangerous person attacking you, and I uh, mace uh, in some places is legal, pepper yeah. spray and so. Yeah. But you would have to find out um, what in in your area is legal and what you're comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Having to protect yourself, but I think if if you're finding that violence is erupting in in whatever area you're in, I th- I think that does need to be a consideration. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now yeah. I will say that. Pretty much across the board. I I can't address as far as like pepper spray and and all of that in your different areas. You'll have to you guys will have to look for that yourself. Right. Right. Um, But I do know that some folks conceal carry. They have a gun. Yeah. And they carry that wherever they go in front of an abortion center. You can't do that. Right. You can't do that, even though you might say, well, I have Second Amendment. Absolutely. You do understand that. Uh, This is not a podcast about the Constitution. I love the Constitution. (laughs) I believe in the Second Amendment. Yeah. However, there are laws on the books. Here in North Carolina, there are. And in most every other state, there are laws on the books that if you have a concealed carry permit, you can't carry in front of – at a protest. And that's what they consider us, whether we like it or not. We're considered
1: protesters.
0: At a medical facility. And we do have as a policy – as a ministry, Love Life has a policy that no one coming to our prayer walks, mm-hmm. no one volunteering with us on the sidewalk or in a prayer walk or whatever is going to be concealed carrying a gun right. in front of the abortion center. So that's yeah. something that you know, if you're not under, under Love Life, I, I can't tell you what to do, but I'm just telling you it's illegal to do that. Yeah, And I think it could get in a situation where it dishonors the Lord mm-hmm. because, you know, the pro-abort media. Are going to get a hold of it and, you know, put on the front page or wherever that pro-lifer had a gun in front of the abortion clinic or whatever. They're just going to capitalize on that. So in that situation, it's just just don't carry your gun. I I have a concealed carry permit. Yeah. I used to carry my gun everywhere I went, Mm -hmm. every scenario just for self-defense, but mainly for the defense of others. Right but I don't carry it anymore yeah. since I've been ministering full time on the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. I just don't carry it. Now I should carry it in other scenarios, mm-hmm. but I knew since I couldn't carry it there, I kind of got out of habit yeah. of of carrying it. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think it's, I think I'm safer on that end as far as, you know, just being careful not to be, uh, not to, um, have the appearance of evil in any area yeah. uh, to just not carry it at yeah. all there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's just something, some things to mention. Um, I think there's a lot that we could say along these lines. There's some biblical principles. I would say get into the book of Proverbs. Let God Mm -hmm. minister to your heart Mm -hmm. with the book of Proverbs. And there's a lot in there about dealing with angry people. There's a lot about dealing with... Um, different all kinds of scenarios there in the book of proverbs but uh with that i think we're going to wrap this thing up yeah vicky's going to put an article out there mm-hmm. along the lines of what we've talked about in this podcast so mm-hmm. we know that that'll be a blessing to you guys if you have suggestions for us for future podcasts we would love to hear what those suggestions are you can reach out to me daniel at lovelife.org you can reach out to vicky vicky at lovelife.org If you want to get trained To do sidewalk ministry We'd love to get you in that vein To get trained to do that So you can reach out to me again As I mentioned at the beginning Of this podcast But until next time God bless God bless Give me an outlet for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you